perhaps it's more obvious today to Americans and to people around the world that Republicans are prepared to betray the interests of their own country. Uh, my husband, who doesn't follow this as closely as I do, had still heard the quote from Dershowitz about how all presidents think that their re-election will be for the good of the country and consequently anything the president does to assist their re-election efforts uh, is in their view to help the country and therefore cannot possibly be a quid pro quo that is impeachable. Harvested Beat says uh, it's up to the American people now. Yes, and perhaps Nancy Pelosi will initiate more articles of impeachment Although it seems a little unlikely in that Republicans would complain so much that the president was being harassed because there would be no precedent for having multiple uh, House hearings for impeachment and multiple trials. And this was the Democrats' chance to expose to America and to the world some of the depths of Trump's calumny and betrayal of the American people, that he puts himself first, that he breaks laws regarding to separation of powers. He usurps the power of the purse from, from the legislative branch, from Congress. He withheld $391 million of public money that he had no right to withhold in a secret fashion. If he'd been above board, stated his objections, followed procedure, notified Congress that he intended to hold on to that money because of his concerns, then there would have been some legitimacy to it. You can't pretend that a president who's been in power for some years uh, is allowed to just conduct secret business because he doesn't know the ropes of governance. Um. So yes, we have to encourage kids and young adults and Democrats truly have forced the Republicans to expose the degree to which they will support criminal behaviour, the logical pretzels in which they will twist themselves to, to try to justify Trump's behaviour. But at the same time, they're performing for an audience of brainwashed dupes who have been intellectually raised on a diet of Murdoch disinformation. Uh, conservative media lies and distortions of the truth. Uh, so Enlighten Up, hello Enlighten Up, suggests that we, we do need to have a functional uh, federal election commission and hand-marked paper ballots. Uh, and of course, Trump has sabotaged the functionality of the Federal Election Commission by failing to appoint someone to it. So it doesn't have a quorum, it doesn't have the number of Federal Election Commission officials necessary to act in any way, shape or form. So it's dysfunctional and I feel that the Democrats should be like area, having a list that they can recite um, for the public about the most egregious uh, sabotage that Trump has conducted or Trump is allowing to occur of American institutions and democratic standards. So you typically have a federal electoral commission that can at least function. Harvested Beat says, I agree with everyone points, but it's time to move forward and doing what we can to help.
yes, yes. Well, um, Enlighten Up made the point that we need to be urging for electoral security measures. So the House has passed a number of electoral security, elect, sorry, election security measures, uh, and those bills are currently languishing on Mitch McConnell's desk. So at a federal level, election security measures have stalled. Nevertheless, it's possible for people to advocate for election security measures at a state level. So we can't just spin our wheels talking about federal issues. People need to be focusing on local politics to try to make a noise, have grassroots local campaigns urging for there to be protection measures. And I, over the last few days, have been advocating over and over again for people to hitch their wagon to an advocacy group called Fair, Fair Fight Action. Now, Fair Fight Action has its laser focus on election security, on um, broadening access to voting measures, making sure provisional votes are counted, absent ballots absent ballots are appropriately distributed to people who've asked for them and that people are not unfairly excluded or disenfranchised from voting. Um, somebody says the answer is yes, but I'm not sure what they're saying. The answer is yes too. And I'm going to put forward a point that it's a waste of time to call Trump names, uh, although it's not a waste of time for us at an emotional level. We have to keep our sanity. But to move forwards, it would be great if we could do work on breaking stereotypes. So finding people with Southern accents who are prepared to speak up and, and out against Trump and the Republicans. Because Rick Wilson, the other day on CNN, talking to Don Lemon, uh, was able to get a lot of media attention because he mocked Trump supporters and he mocked Donald Trump and his enablers using a southern accent, which Trump doesn't have and his enablers in power mostly don't have. Uh, Lindsey Graham, John Ke Senator John Kennedy, etc. they have southern accents, but... There's a great deal of uh, non-Southern accented people who are doing great evil. Stephen Miller, Donald Trump, not a Southern accent in sight. So we need to find people. We need to find people who are older because conservative, older people tend to vote conservative and we need to change that. Independence. We need to have some people who say, I'm an independent and I'm concerned about the direction of this country if Trump's impeachment trial breaks with tradition and can't even produce witnesses and documents. We need to be finding these people and putting a microphone up to their mouth because it's easy to play to stereotypes. You can get a laugh putting on a southern accent and mocking Trump's uh, departures from logic and reason. Trump probably has a degree of dementia. In any case, he's under a significant amount of pressure as a criminal and a Russian asset trying to conceal that and still keep faith with his um, rapid base. But as he said early on in his political campaign, he could shoot someone on Fifth Avenue and not lose 
some supporters. Some supporters are rusted on. He recognised that and sought to, to build on that. He knows that by exaggerating his support, he increases the amount of support he gets. In the same way that Trump rallies purposefully over-distribute tickets so that they can have an overspill because the optics of that, people queuing outside a Trump rally trying to get in, creates the impression of an insatiable demand for Trump, even when he is moving to smaller and smaller venues. So it's still our job to highlight that discrepancy, say Trump is in a small venue, but more importantly to fight those stereotypes because a lot of that emotional energy that attaches itself to Trump, that he is the only one to fight for the oppressed and the offended, that Trump is there to stick up for people with Southern accents and devotions to their guns and their Bibles. The more people we find who like guns, but don't like an absence of national background checks, don't like sending their children to school when they know there's an unacceptably high level of a mass shooting. There are people in the South like that, and why can't we do more to talk to them and, and amplify their voices? Jason says, welcome followers. Is that an instruction to me, or are you making a comment? Welcome followers. I'm, I'm happy to do that. Welcome, welcome followers, welcome new viewers, and welcome to any replay viewers. Sorry, it's taken me a little while to get to this. And also, internally resolve to apologize less and break out of my less than useful socialization habits as a woman because we need women to be strong right now and we need men to be nurturing. So we have to keep working on breaking down those stereotypes. There are always leaders already. There's already people doing stuff that we need to be done and we just have to find it amplify it, copy it, and extend it so that we can meet our goals. Yes, someone makes the point that it's likely there are Republicans in Congress that are bought and paid for by Republicans. But of course, we, we know that many Republicans have accepted donations. Now, what I might do is open... Twitter so that we can follow uh, for a moment and discuss a reporter called Heidi, Heidi something. I tried to share a link to her Twitter account yesterday <laughs> and it was um, excluded from the comment section from algorithm saying this looks like spam. They did not like the look of her surname, I don't think, or possibly just they didn't like the fact that I was sharing links. Uh, so Heidi raises a point that I haven't seen emphasised much, that Victor Shokin, not only was he not investigating Burisma, there was an investigation that had been opened and then the investigation had lain dormant for more than a year. But also she highlights this point that Victor Shokin was a Kremlin-aligned holdover from before Ukrainian protests against corruption. So my focus that I want to always draw back to, we're not fighting people from the South. We're not necessarily fighting people who are religious or people who like owning guns. We're fighting gun manufacturers who want there to be no background checks and no restrictions on people owning 
any type of weapons of, of mass destruction. We are fighting our own passivity and selfishness to a degree. And we're trying to find a happy medium because conservatives sometimes think they hate Democrats. They don't really hate Democrats. They hate what they've been told Democrats are. They hate communism. Then that's rational. They also hate the potential of sliding into depression once you realize how much danger the world is in from the byproducts of industrial activity. Yes, our lifestyles are supported and propped up by industrial activity. It's not easy to snap our fingers and say, fix it. Let's stop emitting greenhouse gases. But at the same time, it's unconscionably selfish to neglect that challenge and to pretend that problem doesn't exist. It's possible to address the problem without falling into depression. So conservatives are basically problem procrastinators. They don't want to admit to the problem existing. They want to wait till we're further down the track and it's so undeniably a problem that then they have to take action. And that is too late because a lot of the problem advances without us knowing or seeing the immediate impacts. A lot of the carbon dioxide absorbed into the ocean, we don't measure the effects of it all the time and the scientists who do measure it make quiet little noises about how it's a problem. They make noises that don't necessarily make it into the media as a story, that don't get a lot of clicks, that the shells of crabs are disintegrating because there's not enough carbonite atoms available, sorry, ions available in the water anymore for them to make their calcified shells. So their sensory organs are being exposed, their shells are weaker and more liable to breakages, and these types of crabs are likely to go extinct or fall so precipitously in numbers that they can no longer be farmed by humans. They can no longer be fished. Fishing industries are going to suffer calamitous declines. And those industries support people's livelihoods or are people's livelihoods in many instances, as well as being a significant food supply for other people. So the people most vulnerable to the most dependent on marine life for food will suffer first because it's not just their livelihoods. If you starve to death, that's obviously a more immediate threat to your existence than just losing your livelihood. I keep getting little recommendations from Google Chrome to go watch something on YouTube about mentally unstable Trump claims the wheel was invented in America. Do you know what? We need to focus on the parts where we can bring people along. And saying Trump is mentally deficient is fine, fine way to talk amongst ourselves, but we have to keep up our efforts on outreach programs to independents, to fence sitters, to the undecided people in America who aren't paying the level of attention we are to the news. It's important to recognize that we are outliers. Uh, only 8% of America is progressive, yet 39% of social media such as Twitter, is dominated by progressives. Hungry people don't stay hungry for long. Is that a comment about how people can starve to death when their needs for food aren't met? Ah, yes, good point. Um, New York data geek 
pointing out that it's predatory delay when people refuse to deal with or acknowledge climate change. It's not just procrastination, it's predatory because there are some people uh, who are making significant profits from pursuing fossil fuel gases that are effectively deadly to human existence now. Deadly in the more immediate sense in that people who live near a coal mine are more likely to die from respiratory ailments or heart attacks or neurological problems such as Parkinson's, uh, Huntington's disease, etc. But then more broadly, people die from uh, temperature increases that threaten their ability to maintain homeostasis that also cause people to have heart attacks, but in a broader way. Laborers in the Middle East are dying of heart attacks at a high rate. Let's see if I can find a link to that article for you. Trump is doing another rally right now. John doesn't think this election will be free and fair. True, but at least um, there's some heartening things, which is that all of the Republicans trying to advocate for Bernie Sanders to be the candidate at least suggests that they, they want to be running against a weaker candidate. They don't want to be running against Joe Biden and they would prefer to be running against America's favorite Jewish socialist who doesn't work well with others, doesn't have uh, a good history of cooperation, i.e. is unsuitable for the current structure of America's democracy. I don't like it when people say that humans are a parasite on Earth, even though a significant amount of our behavior is very destructive at present. Nevertheless, uh, a lot of species behave in a way that consumes things from the environment. You don't have a lot of animal behavior that is altruistic. It's just we are very creative and very ingenious, and we happen to have invented so many ways that enhance our own convenience and yet jeopardize not only animal and plant life, but our own existence collectively as a species. Yes, it does seem likely that we are headed for a recession. I'm not surprised you think Bernie would do well against Trump, um, John, because <laughs> you're very progressive, which I applaud in many ways, but you have to engage with the practical realities of uh, American politics and the American people and what they believe. And they fairly believe that the American two-party system and the system of checks and balances and separation of powers requires a high degree of cooperation in order for anything to be accomplished. Now, when Barack Obama was in power and the compounding factor of racism entered the equation, Republicans knew that they could gleefully sabotage a lot of work being attempted by their political opponents because they would have extra electoral success on the backs of outraged racists who could not cope with a black American president. Uh, so that helped Republicans sabotage a lot of uh, President Obama's attempted policy moves, uh, his attempts to encourage cooperation within Congress to achieve progressive outcomes for America. Now, Bernie does not do that cooperation 
very well. He works alone. He's similar to Trump, but without the same level of structural backing as Trump had. Trump has all the Republicans who are super grateful uh, after initial resistance. They're super grateful to have a ringleader who creates a lot of noise in the media while they can accomplish a lot of highly destructive uh, and pro-corporate policy outcomes. Trump can help facilitate the degradation of American public schooling systems, American infrastructure, American uh, systems of accountability and oversight. And Republicans are glad because that's their goal, to reduce government in favour of a lower tax system where the primary activity of government is to sustain the military and taxation only occurs to pay the Pentagon. So yes, Bernie has already had one um, one heart attack, and he does not have a great deal of establishment support. He doesn't have any friends who are senators on either side of the aisle. Aside from he's been endorsed by Pat Leahy, a fellow Vermont senator, and that's that's it. Other candidates have endorsements from their fellow senators, but not Bernie, because he doesn't play well with others. Like Trump, he's one of those sort of um, slightly totalitarian, this is the answer, I will give you everything you need. Uh, I'm prepared to accept he would work to give people things that they need, but he he's so anti-corporate that a majority of Americans who still are pro-corporation, are pro-companies and feel that capitalism generates the profit that pays their bills, that employs them, that sustains their existence in the world. So yes, bipartisanship has not flourished under the lurch of the Republican Party towards authoritarianism, towards racism, towards criminality. Nevertheless, if... uh, you still have to even be able to build consensus within your own party. And, and Bernie is able to, to fuel a cult loyalty, but he... Gosh. <laughs> I don't always want to argue about Bernie, but at the same time, don't ignore the Mueller report. There is a reason why Russians spent money, spent energy, spent time in promoting Bernie's candidacy. And it's because... In the same way that they created fake Black Lives Movements uh, rallies, they understand that Bernie is a divisive force in politics, that he inspires more independents to vote against Democrats. He inspires independents to vote for Republican candidates because they see Bernie as a clear and present danger to the operation of capitalism within the US. Now, we want a better regulated version of capitalism. We don't want to overthrow capitalism. And Bernie is great at selling a narrative of, look at these capitalist enemies. Bernie is more of an independent than a Democrat. And we need a Democratic candidate to turn out Democratic support and to have independent support as well. The support of independent voters, particularly in battleground states that are key to an electoral college win. Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Minnesota. We 
understand now because of the 2016 election how critical it is to have an electoral college victory because the popular vote a popular vote victor has been overturned in 40% of American presidential elections. True, it's very important to, to recognize that a degree of independent support is required for, for victory. And if people are too stuck on Bernie's the only one with enough cult support to rival Trump's cult support, I urge you to reconsider and I urge you to look more carefully into vetting Bernie and revisiting the Mueller report and questioning to yourself the motivations of the Kremlin in promoting Bernie's candidacy. There's a reason why. It's very divisive. It's very cult-like. The cult has, a, has factors that contribute towards the formation of a cult. Yes, America has lurched to the right politically and people often feel like the antidote to a lurch in one direction is a lurch into the other direction because trying to find a middle ground feels like capitulation when everybody's lurched so far that way. Well, here is the truth. It's not about lurching in either direction. It's about telling a story persuasively and you stick to your values, what you actually want for your countrymen and women State it and sell it. And that is a persuasive story that stands independently of other people's lurches. Whichever narrative is more appealing in the moment is a victor. And people don't vote that much for policy. People stay on the margins of political awareness and they vote for whichever person they feel will take care of someone like them and people like them. Bernie has a vocal cult minority that feel, yes, he will do the right thing. He's always wanted to do the right thing. You often have a vocal minority of people who like communism, to whom communism appeals as well. Yay, distribute everything equally. Equality sounds great. There's so much injustice in the world. Let's lurch this way and fix it. Revolutions. Let's have a revolution. Why do people have so little familiarity with what revolutions entail? They entail destruction. They say, let's overturn the order, the current status quo. And they put people into re-education camps and they redistribute things. And they use punitive methods of, um, of re-educating people because it's so important. You can't just hope to persuade people or to build a consensus, no. In communist societies, you send people to camps so that they learn straight up the new values. Everybody's equal. And Americans have been encouraged to take that natural fear and concerns about communism and over magnify that fear so it becomes a paranoia of taxes altogether. And yes, that was too far, an overreaction. And it was propelled by libertarians who selfishly wanted to end the system of taxation. They didn't want to pay any tax at all. They say, what do you want from government? Their answer is nothing. If you dig deeper, maybe they want a military. But that's it. Yes, I desperately want to, to change the status quo and to improve the status quo. I don't want to intern it 
overturn it for a revolution because revolutions involve bloodshed, re-education camps. And, and people know that historically. Even if fear of communism has been oversold in America, it doesn't mean there is no well-founded fear of communism. Communism is still bad and revolutions are still bad. We need to do more to step up in the street, to build consensus, to stand up and show other people, I am a normal person like you. And for me, the status quo does not work anymore. And we have to change things. Our continent in Australia is on fire. We are the canaries in the coal mine of white people. Because brown country, brown skinned people already live in countries where the temperature has increased so much that extreme weather events such as hurricanes and tornadoes have been laying waste to areas in their country. Flooding, devastation. And it didn't grab as much news as Australia's fires because we are still a reasonably white country. So it's like, hello, other white, highly industrialized nations, please pay attention. The level of natural disasters being experienced by Australia are climate compounded. And the level of dysfunction being reported on in the ocean, crabs with weakened, undercalcified shells are indicating imminent disasters and imminent disruptions to the food chain and to the food web that not only supports people's livelihoods but supports people's very existence in terms of their food supply. Gross DG, you've made a comment that Republicans don't care about Australia's fires because they don't believe in climate change. So I'll use that hashtag, not all Republicans. More and more Republican voters believe that climate change exists and are concerned about it. It's not a majority of Republican voters yet, but it's an increasing number of people. We can find them and we can amplify their voices to encourage more Republicans to jump on board with that position because it is urgent. <laughs> a lot of people commenting often uh, trade in stereotypes and I understand the temptation to do that. So when you say America should return to a monarchy, they obviously don't appreciate democracy. I'll again say not all Americans <laughs> don't appreciate democracy. We're trying not to overgeneralize and over, and over stereotype. Are you going to the gym, darling? Ooh. So there is lots of economic potential in uh, transferring government subsidies from fossil fuel industries to renewable industries. There's so much potential for employing people in novel industries that generate renewable energy. Uh, a lot of coal mines are becoming highly automatized with a a lower number of jobs than most people estimate. When the general public is polled and asked to estimate how many jobs they think are in mining industries, they often significantly overshoot reality. This is important because, for example, in Australia, our tourist industries employ a lot more people than mining industries. 
But when people overcalculate or overestimate the number of jobs involved in mining, then they think they're doing something altruistic by voting for conservatives, coal-captured conservatives, who vote to preserve the profit margins, to preserve and increase the profit margins of their coal mining billionaire friends who give them free trips in their private jets. My husband points out that that's very attractive to people who like that kind of thing, people who enjoy feeling special, whose dopamine circuits are set up to to be very gratified by that type of special treatment. They don't have any moral compunction associated with accepting presents from mining billionaires. It's our job to make that more of a moral consideration for voters, to work within our circles of influence and to seek to push out from our circles of influence as well. If we're on Twitter, we can speak to journalists. We can ask them specifically to address questions that concern us. Who is accepting favours from billionaires in the mining industry? Please write a story on coal-captured political interests. Please write a story on donations. Every choice we make, every story we read, is helping shape media to a degree. You could, every time we raise an issue with friends or family that's a bit novel for them, Every time we break through that passivity and we say to people, I'm worried about climate change, I'm worried about politicians being too in the pocket of mining interests when that actually doesn't even support that many jobs. When there's more jobs in tourism and there's more jobs in other areas or there's more future jobs in renewable energy industries. I think it's unlikely that the coronavirus will wipe us off the planet. I don't think its lethality is high enough to wipe us off the planet, but at the same time, that's not my area of, of knowledge. Uh, people who are trained in that field tend to say we, we have to wait more to see how the lethal lethality rates pan out. Uh, it, it is certainly going to be a very difficult virus to contain because of the nature of uh, and the because of the nature and the the prevalence of global travel. Somebody suggests that China makes money because they have no middleman profits go to the government. Oh, you're saying they still have the structure of a communist society and yet the profit-making uh, profit impetus of a capitalist society now. Yes, this is a novel coronavirus. The Wu, Wu, how do you pronounce it, darling? Wu Chan? Wuhan. Wuhan. Is that better? Yeah. Wuhan coronavirus. Wash your hands, says Brian. Yes. Thank you, Brian. Brian is a nurse and he would know. 
And Brian used to also be an electrician. And who did you work for, Brian? Uh, water management facilities. So you knew, you were saying a few days ago, you knew a little about how complicated it is. It is when you are calculating the various factors involved in producing water that's fit for public consumption. You worked in water and wastewater. Interesting. All right. Are you looking for anything I can help you with? Are you looking for headphones? headphones? Oh, my little ones. Mm. Mm. Do you want to check in my, that little brown bag there? That brown one. Got him? Good job. All right. Yes, simple hygiene is still obviously the same rules to prevent contagious illness. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how this goes. I'm obviously a little concerned for my children. I'm a little concerned. I'll be interested to see the effects on international travel. How is this going to affect people who work, who travel for business? Will there be reductions in business travel? Because I think there will be. It would be great if businesses could adapt to that and then reduce the amount of business flights they require their staff to take so that we had less greenhouse gases being pumped out into the stratosphere at precisely the right place to add substantially to the greenhouse effect. So are you teaching a unit at university harvested beets? All right, I'm going back to Twitter. Uh, having looked at Heidi, let's see what else Heidi is saying right now because we are having a tough few days with democracy following the question of whether or not Mitch McConnell is successfully able to sabotage to sabotage uh, votes for witnesses and documents. So yes, Heidi's great with her fact checks. The Obama administration, Obama administration, handed over hundreds of thousands of documents in response to various congressional inquiries, and it turned over tens of thousands more under court order. Is that another GOP senator who could conceivably vote for, for witnesses and documents? Somebody else whose children attended high school with Lamar Alexander's children says she's troubled about how he'll vote on witnesses. Many of us know Lamar and have known him for years and just don't quite understand where he is now and what's happened to him. Well, what's happened to him is possibly being caught up in a criminal conspiracy within the Republican Party, led by Mitch McConnell, involving accepting illegal foreign donations. Wow, there's a salon of at least 125 local and state individuals sending letters, emails and placing numerous phone calls to his office last week and this week. 
So he's under intense pressure to not undermine the majority leader, Mitch McConnell. Oh, yes, because, of course, Republicans will be, if we think we're trying to call senators, Republicans are also calling senators to say, to say don't vote for witnesses. I mean, 75% of the American public want witnesses. <sighs> A friend of Lamar Alexander's said he wouldn't be surprised if he says, yeah, let's hear them. I think there's a point when you think, how long can you keep a straight face? But at the same time, that could be projection. Yes, people might be projecting, well, surely senators will behave themselves and do the right thing uh, and stand up for the Constitution, make the trial legitimate, have witnesses and documents. But that's what we want to happen and they have very strong competing needs in the Republican Party, and that is to conceal the truth, to protect the criminal activities of Donald Trump, to allow him to continue to cheat the United States. So funny. Uh, some of my listeners may be progressive voters who support Bernie Sanders, and I drive them away with my arguments that it is not sensible to vote for or support Bernie Sanders, that he lacks the breadth of appeal to the American electorate and the people who live in their bubble of, of a projection of what they want there to be. They think Bernie's arguments are so persuasive that, of course, everybody, when they hear them, will, will vote for him. And they overlook the fact that most people won't be listening to policy statements or arguments. They'll just look at Bernie and his history and say, he's against business. He's against profit. He's the epitome of some of the most extreme stereotypes about Democrats. Because he's so far left of Democrats, he's often an independent. His and Bern, you came back again. <laughs> and I appreciate your audience, but I appreciate you, you bothering to come back when, when you know that I think it's so negligent as citizens to be not paying attention to Bernie's role in the 2016 election. I think it's, it's negligent as a citizen to have ignored the role that Sanders played in the defeat of the Democratic candidate. And I know Berners aren't very persuadable to that argument because they'll say it's Hillary's fault. She was such an unpopular candidate. She shouldn't have run. She lost by three million. She won the popular vote by three million votes because she's not popular. Uh, yeah, no. Yeah, I should block, shouldn't I? Yeah. Yeah, his, his and Ben, sorry, I don't, I don't tolerate Bernie supporters coming on here and bad-mouthing the candidate who won the popular vote. I don't support it because it's a pathway to sabotaging once again the, the next election for the Democratic candidate, whoever that may be. Now, the candidate could potentially be Bernie because even Republicans are campaigning for Bernie as a primary. And in states where they have open primaries and allow anybody to vote, people like Hugh Hewitt are openly suggesting that Republicans join in that primary and vote for Bernie. 
and there's a reason why they're openly doing that. They don't care who knows it. They're advocating for Bernie to be the candidate, the Democratic candidate, because they think he's an easy, an easy victory for Trump and they are likely to be correct. And Bernie concealed the fact that Russians were intervening on his behalf. His staff members were telling him, we're getting people, Twitter accounts, making comments in favor of us, in favor of your campaign, Bernie, and they are Russian accounts. And he did not go public with that information. He did not support Hillary Clinton saying Russians are interfering with this campaign. He did not say my fellow candidate is correct. There are people interfering with this campaign and for some reason they're interfering on my behalf. Even after he lost the primary campaign, they were still interfering on his behalf because they were still hoping to suppress the turnout for the Democratic vote by making Bernie supporters so irrationally upset at Hillary Clinton for winning by millions of votes the primary race that they would neglect to vote in the 2016 elections at all. So if you have not come to terms with Bernie's role in the 2016 election, please take your underinformed ideas off my platform. I will not promote you. I will not promote your comments. I will not indulge them here because you have contributed to the downfall of democracy in the United States and consequently the world, and you are evidently committed to continuing to do so. Bernie did multiple rallies in which he turned up and rallied for himself in 2020. He didn't speak glowingly of Hillary Clinton. He spoke grudgingly of Hillary Clinton, but he spoke primarily of his supporters. He spoke to cement his own support. I will not engage with you anymore, and I will now... Well, <laughs> Yes, lots of bots on Twitter now. Okay, can we don't have a moderator here who can help me out by blocking the burner. I do not want a burner here anymore, so I will just choose to ignore them until an, uh, someone who's has administrative privileges can block that person for me. Enough. All right. Oh, Brian, you don't. I've got to add you then. Okay, well, what I might do is stop recording this podcast because when I get out of the podcast, I can then also go onto Periscope and block it myself. All right, so thank you to podcast listeners. I hope you <laughs> have enjoyed me having a zestful argument with Bernie Sanders supporters. Hello, and thank you for joining in for today's podcast. Hope you enjoy.